Blog Talk Radio. What about tomorrow? Time for us to start winning is now. 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 Hey, they don't like us, we don't like them. Nothing wrong with that, right? At the end of the day, it's the same three things you've had to do in 35 that you got to do now in 2018. I do not see no holes on this wall. You got to run the ball. Here we go. Got to stop the run. Tyreek Hill lines up in the backfield. The ball pops free, and it's recovered by Harrison. A snack for David Harrison early. 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 And you got to pressure the passer. Went tags in, holds it down. Down he goes. And an early sack by Olivier Vernon. Vernon. Two kinds of players in this league, folks. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. Hate to lose. Odell Beckham Jr. down the sideline for the touchdown. Giants fans, you are now listening to the hottest show on the planet, The Shakedown. Here to give you everything you need to know on your New York football giants are... Black Friday. Black Friday. Welcome to the New York Football Giants, Saquon Barkley, a.k.a. the Golden Child. <laughs> He's a chosen Do you know who Alec Ogletree is? Like, I'm asking you for real. Really? Me, but do you know who he is? J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock. You saying we going 16 or huh? 16 and all, bro. How dare you say anything worse? <laughs> How dare you? Out your mind. You you know, he just drives the Messiah. Messiah. Obi and the one and only Shakes Montana. Now, if that man was a prospect like a Peyton Manning or a Joe Montana, like I've been saying the whole fucking time, you don't pass up on this talent. You don't do it. You don't do it. Now, here is your host, Shakes Montana. This is not shakes. Uh, however, this is the shakedown and not you in a box with your uh, morning show, uh, pregame show for the 1 o'clock games, 4 o'clock games, Sunday night game, Monday night game. We got a lot going on this weekend, a lot going on today. Um, there is a game going on right now as we speak. Uh, the New York Jets are taking on the Atlanta Falcons across the seas over the pond in England, in London. Uh 20 to 9. Uh, I believe the Jets just scored a touchdown. Uh, so they are, you know, trying to make something happen. Um, uh, I think they're down 10 now. Uh, looks like Atlanta's had a stranglehold of this game most of the time. Kyle Pitts getting his first NFL uh, touchdown reception. And it looks like Young Hoku is kicking that football out there for him. Um, not much to do about this game. Two teams that are, you know, fittingly in London for a morning game that nobody really wants to see. So, um, 
there we go with that. Again, it's uh, Kyle Pitts' first two, uh, first touchdown is two-yard catch, so it wasn't anything crazy, but hopefully he gets to see that, and uh, he'll take it to the next level, and we'll see the, the Hall of Fame tight end that we were supposed to see from week one, but uh, who knows from there. Uh, it's just 20-9. Uh, they missed the field, the extra point or whatever. So they've been that way. Um, I think the Jets just got the ball back, though. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can cover this game. I don't think uh, anyone foresees the Jets uh-huh. pulling off a comeback. But if they can cover, I think that would be interesting for a lot of people because I think they had them covering. Um in the world of sports, before we get into week five, there was um, some big things going on uh, yesterday uh, in the world of college football. We had some pretty big matchups, some pretty big uh, or the biggest upset of the year so far. Um, unranked Texas A&M hosting a number one Alabama uh, go ahead and get the three point victory, 41-38, a game that uh, saw at Texas A&M, I believe, uh, leading uh, wire to wire. Um I think they had a tie for in there, but I don't think they ever were down in that game, if I'm mistaken. I didn't watch the beginning, so I could be wrong. Um, again, Tech, Kentucky out there still doing things, whooping up on LSU. A lot different without Burrow and them boys. Um, but the biggest game yesterday, of course, Texas A&M and Alabama. Um, some other games, you know, that were around the league. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, you know, overcoming Texas, 55-48, I believe, uh Spencer sat down. Williams came in for Oklahoma and got the victory there. Uh, you know, Arizona State winning the game. You know, Coastal Carolina still doing their thing, 52-20 to 20 over Arkansas State. We're going to see how they can keep it going. And then, of course, Georgia did what they do. Probably going to be the new number one coming up next week, 34-10. Um, to 10. So, you know, those things in the college football world, those things happen. Those things are fun. Um, nothing really sticks out. Uh, Iowa out there doing its thing. Uh, getting the three-point victory against an undefeated Penn State, continuing their undefeated streak. Um, and then, of course, Michigan pulling it out there, 32-29 uh, over Nebraska. Shouldn't have been that close, but Michigan's got that defense in. I just don't know uh, exactly what to think about it. Um, in the world of sports in general, last night was a big fight for the world of boxing. Um, there was a trilogy that happened. Um, one of the One of the most anticipated heavyweight trilogy since probably the thriller in Manila. Um, and and the hype lived up to everything that I expected it to be. Um, we got multiple knockdowns uh, by both competitors. Um, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder put on a goddamn show. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was the heavyweight division like it should be. Um, there was, there was, you know, suspense, um, you know, is he gonna quit on the stool? Is he gonna get up? And we're gonna are we gonna see any more rounds? And we absolutely did. Um, no towel was thrown in like last time. Um, we just watched Tyson Fury beat the shit out of Wilder for six to seven rounds. Wilder got a good round in there on a punch that uh, Fury stepped right into. So uh, we gonna see what Fury's got in store for us. The undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, looks like he's gonna go after Usyk and all those belts. Uh, the cruiserweight that just beat Anthony Joshua, but um, the sky's the limit. Anything uh, for Tyson Fury as we move forward. Uh, Deontay Wilder and Alabama Crimson Tide, they go back home, got to lick those wounds and, and, and come out better. Alabama's only got a week where Wilder's got some months to decide who he's got next uh, and what goes on. Uh, I don't see we see. I don't think we see a four. Um, 
that was just a total ass kicking last night. It was fun to watch though. Um, Wilder didn't didn't you know did not disappoint. Um, however, you know, just stiff. What? Sorry, go ahead, boss. No, I'm just saying he didn't get lit. Man. <laughs> Dude didn't get lit. So that was a good sign. Um, but no, I, I watched the, the fight too. It was definitely a good fight. But um, I would have thought like this dude would have redeemed himself. You know what I mean? More than that, um, you got your wife and the and the, and the fans, and she's crying and shit. She don't want you to get your your neck licked no more. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, it was it was definitely a, a, a sight. It was definitely a sight, and it was a good fight. Um, he definitely redeemed himself in that aspect of he ain't going to be licking my neck and all that, you know what I mean? But still took that beat, and then he got lumped up. And shout-outs to Fury, man. That's basically all I can say about that, man. I, I picked him in this match to win. Um... But I did want to see a good fight. I did not want to see what I saw in the second fight, and I didn't. You know, I got to see a good fight, um, even though the guy I knew was going to win won. I didn't want him to win because I don't. I want the I want the belt in heavyweight championship back in the United States like everybody else. But. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. Um, this dude is the best in the world right now. I'm waiting to see who's going to take him off that throne. So, shouts to Tyson Fury. And shouts to him again for not licking no, no, nobody else's neck. Are you having trouble over there? No, no. I'm I'm, I'm unmuting and muting oh. myself. I just didn't want to step over you oh, while you was talking. Um, I... I, I, I I just, you know, this is a fight that we all anticipated seeing. Um, the, the, you know, we want to get into the X's and O's of football. We will, but let's real quick get into the X's and O's of this boxing match. If you watched it last night, you probably watched different Deontay Wilder in the first couple rounds. He was not square. He was turned to his side. He was jabbing. He was going to the body. And then around the third or fourth round, I can't remember which round it was exactly, he gets hit in the in the in the ear. Uh, it was the first knockdown. After that, um, I think we hear it all the time. I mean, it's a phrase that you use, I use, you know, black uses, E uses, you know. Everyone's got a game plan till you get knocked down, till you get socked in the face, till you get punched. He had a game plan and it was working, and he got punched, and everything went out the goddamn window. And it was squaring up again, and it was no jab, there was no body, and I'm just going to try to knock you out with the right. And Fury does take a step forward. Wilder makes a good connection on a nice punch. Takes down Fury once. Then he does it again. As, you know, whether it was a, a pull down with a punch with it, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can't keep your balance. Fury falls down again. Two knockdowns in one round for, for Wilder. But you could see the stiffness in Wilder. You could see him not being the same person he was in the first two to three rounds. There was a lot of activity. Like I said, jabbing was a thing, going to the body. There wasn't a lot of 
waiting for this one punch. And then once after he got knocked down, it went he reverted back to the old Wilder. And that's when we saw Tyson Fury catch his breath, get back, and then it was just a, a complete I want to say ass whooping, but it was Wilder sustaining punches while still trying to throw some and connecting on some, but just not a lot of power. The legs were gone, and there just wasn't enough for Wilder to get a good connection with power late in those rounds to actually put Fury down. He connected a few times where you thought, oh, man, that, could, that, that would probably should have knocked him down or, or should have you know wobbled him a little and just didn't. Uh, whether if it was no power behind it or he didn't connect correctly, um, whatever it may be, it just it didn't look right. And then Fury goes on, and that last knockdown where he where he he spins and he makes Wilder just do a spin move, try to hold on and fall. The TKO, the knockdown fight, the knockout fight, the knockout punch, um, that thing was just set up so beautifully by a miss on Wilder's part. Uh, so you could see that it was over at that point. Ref ends it at a good spot. Wilder wasn't getting up. He didn't know what he was doing. So, again, it was a great fight from beginning to end. We got to see everything we wanted, guys getting knocked down, guys getting up. And, you know, can and, – and, and the quintessential phrase, again, I'll say it, everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. He actually got punched in the ear, but the the, the phrase goes. And it just how – it's just how it went. And I don't know anybody who could, you know, go into a a boxing ring and just forget about 20 years of experience, 20 years of fighting. That's what you've been able to do. And then over the course of six months, you try to change that all. And again, it looked amazing in the first couple of rounds. I thought Wilder was going to be able to pull this out and and, and get everything going. And then Fury hits him in the temple right in the earlobe in that first knockdown. And I think that changed everything. Um, the, the knockdowns by Wilder are great, um, but that first that first initial hit, um, again, situations are situational. If you flip that around, I don't know if Fury can come back from getting down. Again, he did, but I don't know if you if 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 Wilder's not dazed and confused and he's able to hit that first one, who knows if Wilder can concoct enough to knock him out and finish him in that round. So it's all situational, but we're gonna see. Um, again, Saturday's over. Um, we are getting into the slate. We do have uh, one football game going on right now. That is uh, the Jets and the Falcons. Jets got the football. Um, our Jets, Falcons got the football back after the Jets, I believe, went three and out. Uh, first and third on the New York Jets. Thirty-one for the Falcons uh, going in uh, tra- or playing in uh, London. There, um, say wrap up Saturday, but to 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 put a bow on Saturday is. Alabama fans, Wilder fans, it was a rough Saturday. Y'all want to call in and talk about your favorite football team? I know you guys don't have one in Alabama, but you're probably Cowboys fans. Maybe some of you are Bucks fans, whatever. If you guys want to call in, 914-205-5796. You can just listen to us, shoot the shit, or you can also push one and tell us how you feel. Wilder did his thing, didn't do his thing. Alabama, wire to wire, didn't do their thing. So we'll see about that. Moving on to Sunday. Some um, early morning games before let me, we get let me into. Speak on those real quick. Go ahead, but sorry. Speak on that. Uh, well, first, um, I'll speak on uh, Alabama. I didn't catch the game, but um, do you know that they lost, and that is a shocker for me as a 
somebody that wanted to really watch distinctly college football this season because of last year, uh, COVID and all that shit. I really wasn't interested, but I'm definitely invested this year and to watch this team. They know of this team at um, pure dominance, and then they go down. And now you're looking at all these other um, teams like, wow, what? Which teams are going to be in this playoffs? Um, Cincinnati, man, with their defense looks very, very good. Um, so I hope that they can um, withstand everything and, and stay in that playoff. Home. But I, I know a lot of these. Uh, I think like two of these teams will go down by the time it's all said and done. And Alabama might still um, end up in that that whole playoff thing. So um, that's interesting to me with that shit. But uh, shout-outs to um, who, who beat them? Again, what's the team that beat them? Texas A&M, the Aggies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hey, so you know shout-outs to them for them to winning. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, sure, I mean, great great job. I mean, what the hell, dude? It's Alabama. This is the quintessential end-all, be-all of college football for the, the, the greater part of a decade to 12 years. So that, that that that's the way it is. You go in there. Again, you're at home. Awesome. You beat Alabama. This isn't the first time, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to double-check this. But if I'm not mistaken, Dak Prescott, uh, did he go to Texas A&M? I think he did, didn't he? No, I think he went to Mississippi State. It was Mississippi State. I'm sorry. He did beat Alabama. I thought it was that team. I was wrong. But, yeah, he did beat Alabama in the SEC. What a great, what a great, uh, well, you know. I'm wrong there, but we'll just move on. So, um, as a, as a, I'm sorry. Did you know that Dak Prescott's first name was Rain? No. I'm. I, I went to his Wikipedia to see where what college he went to, and his full name is Rain Dakota Prescott. That's interesting. That is- Why don't you go by Rain? I like Dak, but I don't know. Anyways, pretty cool. I'm a, you're a quarterback. Don't you make it rain? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. What? Um, yes, I would. What? <laughs> I would embrace the shit off that name. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Marketing, all that shit. I mean, anyways. Hey, Dak's yeah, not bad. I get yeah, it. But yeah, I understand. He the ball I, on that one. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> I understand. I understand rain. Probably growing up, it wasn't, you know, popular. You didn't want to go by it. He goes by the middle name. Hey, I understand that. Um. Anyways, we'll we'll move on to these Sunday games. And oh, real quickly, um, there's no doubt in my mind that one loss Alabama still makes the playoffs. No doubt. So uh, they can still you know run the table with the rest of their games and uh, you know continue to do them. And and, and I 100% believe that a one loss Alabama will be in the playoffs. They take another loss though. We got some talking to do. Now, although we've seen a two loss Alabama make it, and I believe they won the championship. Uh, you know that that this is something. There's something to behold if they lose two games uh, and they make it again. I think with all the teams that are doing well, the undefeated teams um, doing well, if one of those ends up losing late in the year, um, we're going to have some discussions. But, again, I fully expect Alabama, one loss, they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs. They'll do their thing. Um, So, moving ahead, NFL, week five is here. You know, we would have 11 more weeks after this of football, but we got 12. 
because it's 2021 and I love it. So um, we'll run through the quick games before we we talk about the two main games. I'm sure everyone wants to hear myself and Shakes talk about uh, morning games uh, real quickly. Patriots at Texans. We already know that one. Titans at Jaguars. We already know that one. Eagles at Panthers. I mean, we could assume, but I'm pretty sure we all know that one. Saints at Washington. Flip a coin. Uh, Dolphins at Buccaneers. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dolphins fans. Uh, Broncos at Steelers. That's interesting. Are the Steelers, uh, you know, really that garbage? Are the Broncos really that good? It'll be interesting. I still believe Broncos win, but is it close? Uh, Lions at Vikings. Um, You know, one of the games that... uh, really, really uh, piques my interest because 0-4 Lions, 1-3 Vikings. Uh, it would be awesome to watch both those teams walk out of their 1-4, obviously. Um, but then, of course, uh, Packers at Bengals. I'll make this short and sweet, and we'll get into the meat potatoes of the Giants versus Cowboys, even though it is a late game. Um, I mean, it's end-all, be-all. You got no Jair Alexander. Um, you pick up the guy you know, off somebody's practice squad, I think Rasul. Uh, as a cornerback, so I, I fully expect to hammer the over, and I fully expect Jamar Chase and them boys to put up some points and get some get some receptions. I have 100% faith that my quarterback will take advantage of the deficiencies on the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, but hammer the over, hammer the over for Jamar Chase's yards and, and probably touchdowns. Um, he's going to eat. Um, it, it's just there's no doubt about. It. There's no way around it. With no Jair, um, he's going to eat. So um, he was going to eat regardless. Um, but I just think it's going to be one of those games where uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, who misses a field goal, who misses an extra point, who misses a catch. Um, it's going to come down to that. To me, both these teams, three and one, I don't know. Uh, I don't see either one is outstandingly better than the other with the injuries on both sides of the football, uh, the way Burrow's been playing, um, actually the way Rodgers has been playing the last couple of weeks and, you know, is the first week an anomaly, whatever, whatever. But we'll see. We will see. Can this Bengals defense get to him? Can the can the uh, can Jalen Smith and the and the Packers defense, the newly acquired Smith brother, can he fill in for Zadarius? Get to the quarterback. What's going to happen? Um, we know for damn sure uh, Barry and them boys already discussed <laughs> Joe Barry being the defensive coordinator for the Packers. And Jalen Smith ain't going to be in no coverage. <laughs> we saw the tape. Y'all saw the tape. That boy ain't being in no coverage. He's going to be on the ground. He's going to be rushing that quarterback. Um, that's just the way it is. So um, we will see. Close game. Not looking forward to the ups and downs of this game, uh, but I'm looking forward to the fun and, 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 and Jamar Chase. I love it. Again, it's going to be against my team, so I'm not going to love it. But Jamar Chase is my dude, man. I've, I've liked him since since before liking him. And, uh, again, I've never thought that the Bengals were making the, the, the wrong player decision because Jamar Chase is that dude. But I just really thought you protect your quarterback and you go after the offensive lineman. I'm being a little proven wrong right now, the way that Jamar Chase is performing, the way that Joe Burrow is performing, and the way that offensive line is performing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of eating some crow right now. But we'll see as the year progresses with this team, and especially today. They get a big win over Green Bay. My goodness, I think that's a team in the AFC North that Cincinnati's got to be reckoned with. Not because they're Green Bay, but because of the weapons that Green Bay has, what Green Bay's been doing on offense. If they're able to sustain and stop that offense and Jamar chasing them boys uh, with the defense that, you know, whether or not Jair's there or not, it's still a good defense. Now, you're not top ten, but it's still it's good. Right? What would you say? It's in Green Bay, right? 
you, no, it's in Cincinnati. That's that. That's why. Yeah, that's why. And, 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 who is replacing Alexander? Is it King? No, I think King is still out. Um, I think it's mm. just a mix now. There won't be uh, the way Jair, obviously. You can't really replace something like that. Um, we all know that. So you just try to make it work. Again, we picked up uh, Rasul, I think his last name is, from somebody's practice squad. And um, he'll be making you know, some, you'll be making, I don't want to say the start, but he'll be, he'll be in today. Um, I don't foresee King out there. I think Eric Stokes is going to get a lot of that burn uh, along yeah. with, um, along with some of the other players, but you know, Kevin King, whether or not he's been injured or not, I don't think he has been. They've been marking him down as an injury the last couple of weeks. So uh, we will see how that goes. Um, yeah. Uh, again, going to be a great game. I just expect Jamar Chase to go off and it be a battle of quarterbacks between Joe Burrow and and, and Aaron Rodgers. And, and I'm pretty excited to see because Joe Burrow's, I mean, hey, okay. he's let's, as let's talk about this for a second. Fantasy-wise, real quick, fantasy alert. I think I'm going to start doing that. Whenever I want to question something about fantasy, fantasy alert. But all right, so you you expecting a great game from Jamar Chase. Now, the the irony and the funny thing is I'm facing you in one of the leagues, in the Shakedown League, and in that league I do have Jamar Chase. And I had him in the lineup all the way up to the Thursday night matchup. And then I took him out. Um, my wide receivers are um, Mike Williams, Tyree Hill, and then uh, I went with somebody else. Uh, I, I can get it in a second. But my point is, um, it was either him, Williams, or Jamal Chase. And I, I kept going back and forth. And I'm like, I just don't think that Chase is going to have a game that, you know. To me, <laughs> I've been waiting for this shit all season long, right? Like, yeah, I picked him up, and, and, and it's been a great pickup so far. Shout-out to you. But it has to come a time where you get shut down at least one game in the season and shit. And so far, he has not been shut down yet. And I'm thinking this is the game in Green Bay as far as the pass rushing and everything, getting to Burrow, that he just don't have a lot of time to get the ball to Chase. So – that's my assumption, and that's why I'm going with Williams. But what do you think? Um, because of what, what Williams got? The Chargers have who? Um, the Chargers are playing um, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, see? Tough, man. That's a tough decision for me. A tough decision for me. Um, yeah, and I don't got that much time to really decide. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, in my flex, I went with Josh Jacobs going against the Bears. So, yeah. 
and of course I'm facing you, so I'm not pretty. I'm sure you're not going to give me too much jewels here. But, yeah, I mean, it don't really matter to me, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it, this is for the people. I mean, whether we're playing each other or not, they need to know the realness. And and, and to me, um, you can flip a coin, bro. It, it, it Like you're saying, man, it, it, it really don't, like, you're talking about the players. They're both, you know, comparable right now is the way they're playing. But if we're talking about, you know, going into this game in particular, Jamar Chase is that man. He's second in receiving yards and targets to Tyler Board. Um in that team, so he's getting the looks, he's getting the passes, he's catching the football when it comes to him. Now, the pass rush, if it gets to him, if that O-line isn't up to snuff, then, you know, all that shit goes out the window, but I just see him doing his thing. The problem with it, the, the problem with that is, is Mike Williams, uh, what was it? He's averaging like four catches and 80 yards in the first few games and a touchdown, I believe. And then he goes in the last game, and I don't think they, they went to him at all. And and um, it just uh, you think they want to get the ball to Mike Williams. You you think that they want to do that, but it's the issue is again, who are they playing? Cincinnati playing Green Bay. They can run the ball and they can pass the ball. Is is Jamar and is Joe Burrow going to have a lot of time? Um, are they going to be able to set up the run and, and be able to pass the ball and stop our pass rush from coming in? Conversely, L.A., can the Chargers stay on the field? Can Cleveland chew the clock up and make it to where the Chargers have to throw the ball every time? And if that's the case, I think Mike Williams eats a lot. Because if you're down and Cleveland's running the football, and and chewing up clock, you gotta you gotta get down as fast as you can and score because, you know, who knows what's gonna happen on that next run on that next drive. So, I, I, to me, it's that's a flip a coin situation. Who do you just? You know, it's just a gut thing because neither of them stand out to go. This is the game. This is this is the time. Both of them have been performing all year. Last week for Williams wasn't a great one. You figure Bur- Herbert's gonna try to get to him the ball. Burrow doing his thing and still getting Jamar Chase the football um, and they're winning. There's no losing attached to that. So it's a lot easier uh, to, to uh, you know, maybe go through some turmoil in the first quarter and maybe snap out of it. So we'll see again, the wildest situation. Everyone's got a game plan. He gets knocked in the mouth. Well, what if, you know, they're getting to the quarterback conversely Cincinnati's defense. I mean, I don't know who's on that defense. So, what what what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Again, I could be wrong, and and maybe me not not looking too much in the game, but that defense doesn't stand out. No Dunlap to speak of. Nobody else really to rush the passer. I don't see. You know the corner situation isn't top notch, so this could turn to be a shootout. And if that's the case, you know Jamar Chase out there probably got a hundred and some yards and a touchdown or two, just because our corners are not that great without Jair Alexander. Now. Can they scheme it up right, and could they can they double team him and take him away? Most likely, but then you got to deal with Boyd. And again, I'm not saying Boyd is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he's a motherfucking great receiver. And I say great, he's a good to great receiver who can play the game. You you get him one on one with a second or third string corner, they'll they'll do work. So it, again, it's going to be interesting to see 
um, the scheme-wise, what Green Bay lines up. Um, just because you know, look, man, it's gonna take it's gonna take a, you know all eleven horses to get this to get this game on. Where before you could sit back and say, Jair, that's you, and and you could feel confident. Now, will he shut every single player down? No, but he's been doing a lot of that since he started. So you feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Now you just gotta. You got to hope the press was. You hope Jalen Smith comes in and actually can get to the quarterback, help Preston Smith, you know, things of that nature. So it's going to be interesting, man. I, I totally foresee a shootout. I see it coming down to the last possession. Um, and then, you know, either hopefully AR-12 can step up or the defense can step up, to be honest, because I don't see, again, I didn't see 38-3 week one, but I don't see that again. You know, I just don't see this team in either team. I don't see either team getting blown out 38-3. I don't see the Bengals doing that. I don't see the Packers doing that. So, again, to me, could this be 14-17 late in the third? Yes, it could. Don't get me wrong. Balls can be missed. They're in Cincinnati, out in the elements. Things can happen. But I totally anticipate, you know, 38-35, you know, 35-32, going into a last drive situation, 34, 33, something like that, um, where we're looking at somebody having to go down and drive or somebody having to go down and get a first to win the game. And uh, I think that's, that, that's what football is fun. That's what football is made of, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited to see. Um, we'll move on from that game. Uh, get enough talking about that, as I'm sure the listeners are done with it. <clears throat> Sorry about that there. Um, yeah, I'm undefeated in that league anyway, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one player, to be honest, uh, in those type of situations, especially in our leagues. One player, um, as anomalic as it can be for someone to show up one game, one player, and win someone a game, it doesn't happen that much. So to sit here and think that Jamar Chase could probably win you or lose you the game with either, you know, Williams, I don't think that's the case. It'll take multiple two to players um, to not show up before Jamar Chase or Williams cost you a game, if you get what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to come down to either of those two guys. Um, Again, as as fantasy football, anything happens. Um, Afternoon games, Bears, Raiders, Browns, Chargers, Niners, Cardinals, Sunday night, Bills, Chiefs. Boom, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Chiefs, Bills, can't wait. Giants at Cowboys. The game, the game, the game. The game everyone on this line wants to hear. The game Shakers has been sitting on the edge of his seat. I can hear it in his voice. He's been wanting to talk about it. He's like, all right, we done with this boxing. All right, all right, all right. can we stop talking about motherfucking Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Jamar Chase? I'm done with this shit. I want to talk about Saquon Barkley. I want to talk about the defense. I want to talk about them trying to stop Dak Rain, Prescott, and them boys out there in Dallas. So, We'll get into it. Just some quick snippets uh, right now. Predictors, percentages, you know I love them. 72.9% Dallas is predicted by ESPN to win this game. If we're looking at the head-to-head matchup, uh, Daniel Jones looking at 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 on the season, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott about 100 yards behind him, you know, 1,070. Uh, Ten touchdowns, however, to two interceptions. Uh, and then we move down to the to the to the rushing game where I think we need to talk about this. It is week five and Daniel Jones has the most rushing yards on your team. 
And then Ezekiel Elliott's got 342 and four touchdowns over there. I don't know if it's the most rushing yards or if it's because he's got the TDs, but ESPN has rushing yards as Daniel Jones and not Saquon Barkley. So questions are coming in as we speak, I'm sure. We will get into the meat and potatoes. Obviously, Giants are winning the game in your opinion. But the question is, and I think the big question we'll save for later, but one of the smaller questions is, in in a, in a X's and O's aspect, how do the Giants compare C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper? Does this does this bode well for your defense? Do you have the matchup advantage? Do you believe on that end, or is this where your guys have to play outside their minds to try to stop an offense that doesn't seem to slow down ever? Um, no, I'm not really, um, I'm not really threatened by their receivers. The, um, the only thing that, uh, gives me an alarm is my son, well, Darius Williams, um, have to play a little more because of, um, we want Adoree Jackson to be on CD Lamb and, and follow him throughout the game majority, and um, we want Brad, or what I call Blueberry, <clears throat> we want him on Amari Cooper, who's banged up right now, so um, we got the advantage there, now, the, the, like I said, the threat is Wilson out there on Roro, um, definitely anticipating to see that matchup, and hopefully my boy Roro can step up. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Donnie Holmes. I hope he's out there as well. But um, also, Xavier McKinney and Julian Love um, has to be out there more because of the um, absence of Jabril Peppers. So coverage-wise, I to me, I think we're good. Where I'm seeing a problem and think it will be a problem is um, stuffing that run up the middle. And this is a very physical team that likes to run up the gut and run um, these little dump off screens and dink and dunk to Pollard and these uh, ugly named tight ends that I don't like call out and shit. So, yeah, that, that is the problem for me, not the wide receivers. Um, but as far as Daniel Jones being the, um, the Russian leader, it's you would think like, oh, that that that's that's a problem, but it's not. Um, it's the teams that we have played very um, good against the run, so it was open for Daniel to have this type of success and for um to ha- have him have more yards than Saquon, especially the way they've been using Saquon, very maintenance wise. Um, to my dismay, my eye, um, I think they should have been ripped that band-aid off week one, but they strained it along, and uh, I mean, he's looking like he's, he's definitely getting back to full strength and back to full Saquon Barkley mode. Um, so it's coming, it's getting there. But um, yeah, I, I don't really take key to uh, him being the Russian 
leader of the team right now. Dan Jones has been playing lights out this season. So he's been a, a threat with his legs and his arm. And uh, nothing more that else that you would like to ask for a quarterback is to put us in the position, the best position to win. Don't um, cause us the game. And he hasn't cost us the game. I mean, maybe that week one with that fumble, that fumble was definitely costly. But other than that, Okay, and as we move over to the other side of the football, Sterling Shepard out, Darius Slayton out, Ben Brinson out, Andrew Thomas questionable. Do you feel your offense, is it that many injuries on the offensive line and the wide receiving core that you guys will be okay against the defense that Dallas has put out that has showed out? I mean, getting getting turnovers, stopping guys, uh, you know, shutting down some wide receivers. Um, is this bode well for you guys? Um, obviously, injuries never bode well for any team, but can you foresee this not being a problem? Um, I think everything besides the Andrew Thomas, I think we really need Andrew Thomas to go. But, I mean, if he can't go, we don't need to hurt Andrew Thomas that we seen last season. So if he can't go and perform the way he's been performing this season, then don't. But, um, yeah, that will be the, the only issue if he can't go. If we got Pert and um, Soda, we out there at tackle and um, – I don't want to break up the the soda at right tackle. He's he's doing fine and well over there with um, Will Hernandez. They're not doing too bad. And um, I know he's been getting a little beat up, though. He has been getting beat up, Nate Soda. But keep him over there. I mean, don't switch him up. And now you got him um, starting off fresh again and shit and starting over from scratch. Like, no, keep him at the right tackle. Put Pert there at the left tackle to replace Thomas. If that's the case, maybe I just you know that would be a definitely an issue with Randy Gregory and all them boys out there coming out for the pass rush. But um, as far as Brethren, uh, I think we're fine with Scora. We was fine last week with Scora. We did good. And then um, Shepard and Slay. <clears throat> uh, I've been saying that all week. I think this is um, addition by subtraction. Um, not not for the season, but just for this game and keep getting Daniel Jones and Tony and, and Ross and, and Kenny G, their chemistry and camaraderie going. And this is the best way for me. I see it. So um, I think Tony has a big game. I think Ross opens it up for and Kenny G goes ahead and um, do what he's supposed to do. So, no, I don't see the rest of them shits as a problem. The only thing I see is the left tackle. Now, as uh, let's see here. I had something pulled up and it kind of went off my screen. So, so okay. Um, now we always talk about mental, the mental of a game. You know, the the one part you can't really 
you can't really define. You can't really put on a piece of paper the it factor. Now, again, this doesn't mean the it as in going down to the end of the field and scoring a touchdown at the end of the game. Not that. Just the it. Just just knowing that a guy's got it. Like he doesn't have to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. He doesn't have to be, you know, whatever. But again, I said it this morning, and I'll say it again. What happens when you get punched in your mouth? What happens to the game plan, and how does that thing work? Now, mentally, if I'm a player, if you're a player, if anyone's a player, regardless of the who, what team you're on, regardless of the records, regardless if they're in the same division, you want to prove yourself. Dak Prescott's ankle injury last year against this very same team. And a a season that looked like they were probably going to score 40 points a game. Granted, they were going to give up 45. But the offense looked like they were going to just keep going and going and going. And it's been doing that this year. I think we can never, ever discount the mental fortitude of players and and what it does to have a mental edge or to have that mental capacity to put that chip on your shoulder. Now, do you believe that Prescott's got some kind of – I don't want to say, because he can't really injure anyone. He's not in the position to play where he's going to hit someone or injure anyone. So his way of getting back would be to put up big yards, to get the W, and to look good doing it, all while staying healthy. They have been able to keep him clean most of the year. He's been able to, you know, do what he wants to do. Can you believe that the defense in the New York Giants can dial up the pressures to take him off his spot and then also keep on, um, because that's the problem with him. You know, you can get him off his spot like any other quarterback, uh, but he has the you know ability, and not the greatest ability, but a pretty good one to escape the pocket and make a play. Um, so, do you feel the defense of the New York Giants is up to snuff? Um, now, is there? I don't want to say scare because scare is such a word that we don't like to use anyway, especially when we talk about football. But is there a, an, an an offensive, you know, thing that they could do that you feel might not bode well for your team? Is there something that they can go out there and do time and time again that is a weakness of your defense? This is the NFL. There's 32 teams, and not a single one of them's perfect. They've all got weaknesses at some point. Some are just bigger than others. So is there some kind that, you know, maybe Dak Prescott, maybe Ezekiel Elliott, maybe, you know, one of the tight ends could take advantage of on your back end there or maybe in the the, the linebacker set? Um, Again, you did mention the running game, but I'm strictly talking about the passing game, so to speak, and how you can take advantage with Ezekiel Elliott, with the tight end, not so much solely on CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. And I believe Cooper's out. I want to double check that. He's questionable today. So, and so is Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, you might want to, you know, Tony Pollard type of day. But um, defensively, what do you want to see, expect to see, and would dread to see? And possessing that ball, converting on those third times, and we can't get up the fucking field for our offense to even get on the field, to even 
take advantage or even try to even go ahead and score, move the ball, anything. This will force us to every possession be huge and we have to score on every possession. It's like no possession we can waste and shit. So that's what I dread is to see them sitting there running the ball, training that damn clock, converting on these damn third downs and keeping his defense on the fucking field majority of the game like Denver did us. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see how Denver did us. I don't want to see this shit against Dallas. I really don't. That's not cool. So, um, that's something that I'm trying to see. <clears throat> and I'm hoping this run because it's going to be huge. It's going to be key for us to win this game. So we're looking at Zach Wilson here, and Zach Wilson's got a, a 20, 13 for 23, 122, uh, zero touchdowns, an interception, a 53.2 passer rating. Again, the consistency that I was talking about at the quarterback position is what you wanted to see. Again, you didn't want to see an exact performance of last weekend, but you wanted to see a consistent. This is going back to weeks one, two, and three here for me as it pertains to the way that with Zach Wilson is playing earlier in the game. He tried to do a screen pass in his offensive line in the back of the head. So it's not boding well for Zach now. Again, it's overseas. You had the long trip. Uh, you know, I don't know how much we could put into this game. Uh, but Atlanta coming out strong and getting what a, a, a big lead early and now losing it. That's Atlanta doing Atlanta things. So um, don't see much. But you can't have just 20 points with 342 passing yards and over 100 rushing yards. It's just something you can't do in this game, uh, no matter where you're at. And you got to have 28, 35 points at that point. You're, you're, you're dominating. You got your quarterbacks 33 for 45, 342, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of 109.7. You can't have a three-point lead. The defense obviously is the defense, but um, as you can tell by what I just read off, they're not letting up a lot. 64 total yards of rushing and 122 total yards of, 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 of receiving. So the Atlanta doing Atlanta things. <laughs> so it is what it is at this point. But, uh, again, a game that we all knew was going to be bad and not good, uh, we're watching it unfold. Um, oh, there we go. Atlanta get the touchdown. Um, who got that touchdown? Did you see? 
Yeah, that was on uh, defensive holding. They declined it. Touchdown, Atlanta. Uh, looks like a running. Yep, run rush by Mike Davis. So, um, okay, there you go. There's the points that I was talking about. They need to put up your scoreless in the third quarter. So, uh, again, it is what it is. It's a London game. Nobody expects anything. Uh, what happened? Did you make that bet? What? Somebody Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, no, I don't I don't Sorry. know for sure. No, you're good. I uh again, you're transforming a little. I think it might be my end cuz you seem to be doing it uh periodically and it doesn't seem to stay very long. So, I just wish we had someone else here to let me know if it was my end or yours. Um but it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Got into some Packers. Got into some Giants. We got about 45, 44 until these 1 o'clock games start. Um, you got some uh, divisional foes playing this morning. Um, Saints uh, hosting – or the Washington football team hosting the New Orleans Saints as well as the Carolina Panthers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Excuse me. The Panthers get back on track, and do the Saints get back on track? Is that the assumption, obviously, being an NFC East divisional rival? Uh, that's something you foresee. Um, anything particular you take away from these games? Oh, you can't see um... – Came back, but no, looks like he will not be back. So that's upsetting because to me, um, they seem like a different team with CMC than the Falcons. So I really wanted them to win this game. I wanted all hands on deck. So that's kind of upsetting for me. But I hope that my boy Donald go ahead and pull that out. And as far as um, the Saints, uh, they can also get Being uh, with Boston team, what team are you? Are you a team that was the only Green Bay Packers? Or are you a team that was the only just lost to the football Giants? We didn't have a win. What team are you? And I, I believe that even though they are a mediocre team in my eyes, I feel like they are uh, uh, on the good side of mediocre. So for them to take this L from us, it, it got them on that, okay, we we, we got to come out and play this game. And I think they're going to get lost in all that they got. So I believe that they're going to take this one, too. So I got my hopes for them, them two teams to go ahead and take it, even though I got my doubts as well. Yeah, precisely. And to me, look at this. Eagles, Panthers, I just, hey, it is what it is, man. The Panthers have a better defense. Their offense is, is it's a little better. It's a little more, I want to say polished, but it just looks a little better. Um, not to say that Hurts and them boys can't get it together, uh, but – 
this is a game that I totally expect the Panthers to go in and win. I don't expect them to go out and put up 50 points, 40 points, dominate, shut them down. But I expect them to have a great defensive game and then keep it together on offense, win the game somewhere along the lines, you know, 27, you know, 21, maybe a 24-17 type of game, 24-14 type of game. Uh, I just think they could do that to Philly with that defense. They can shut them down. Philly gets a couple late things going on late while they're down big and, you know, makes it a little closer than probably what it looks like. Um, However, conversely, um, I think you mentioned the Saints of Washington. This is probably one of the most evenly matched up teams uh, for me as I see going into the weekend. You don't know what to expect from New Orleans. You don't know what to expect from Washington. Can the defense of the of the um, of the formerly named Redskins keep it together? Can they be what everyone thought they were going to be? Are they going to still be the the lackluster you know bums diggities that we've seen you know through the first four weeks, um, comparatively speaking to what they were supposed to be? Um, so. To me, that's the coin toss. Uh, I could totally see Jameis Winston going out and, and, and stinking it up and that offense not being able to do anything and trying to rely heavily on Kamara uh, in the run game and just not do much in the passing game again. Um, but if I, conversely, you could just see uh, Henneke going out there and, 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 not, and laying an egg. I mean, it is what it is. We don't know exactly about the guy yet. He was able to perform in some good places, although he's still lost. I think that's the interesting thing about Henneke that we still talk about is the performance of the quarterback is that that it's good to great, but the rest of the team allows you to lose. And it's kind of funny because we don't see that with a lot of other quarterbacks. We don't see a lot of forgiveness knowing that the rest of the team isn't as good. And that's just, that's just the odd thing I like to point out about Washington. They seem to be all behind Tyler Henneke, even though he's playing well and losing games, which is what you want from an organization. Don't get me wrong. I just find it awkward in this day and age, especially coming from that team, um, who you know who can't seem to keep their hands to themselves in the front office or, or say inappropriate things all the damn time. Anyways, that's beside the point. The To me, I just – that that game is a, a, a coin toss, whatever you want to call it. You know, throw darts at a at a dartboard type of shit. And I can't see one team going in there and dominating. I could be one hundred percent wrong, but I can't see that going on. Now, can the Saints go in and have another performance like Week One? No, I don't think they can. Um, the reason why I say that is one is we haven't seen it, and two. This isn't week one anymore where teams are, are still getting into the flow of things. Uh, it's just not the way it's going to go. Uh, teams are kind of, you know, into what they're going to be now, five weeks in, and we're seeing what it is. And, and, and both of these teams, as it pertains to Washington and New Orleans, is a, 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 a you know, Jekyll and Hyde type of situation. And even Jekyll and Hyde in the game, in drives, in series is, you see a great play, a bad play, a great play, a bad play, and a great, great, bad, bad type of situation on both teams. So, Man, it's going to be probably fun to watch if you just like football and you like to see, you know, some things go right and some things go wrong. And, you know, if you're interested in, you know, just a good, a good fun football game, I think that'll be it. Just watching two teams that trying to get it right. Uh, but, again, I don't see any team taking a stranglehold like I do see Carolina beating Philly. And again, you guys going up against Dallas, another uh, divisional game, all four NFC teams. This is an interesting weekend. Uh, You guys pull off the upset, um, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, Washington and Philly, you know, Washington loses, 
and Philly wins. And that's logjam at two and three there. And, uh, you know, with with Dallas after what would be a presumed L, you know, three and two. That makes it a very more interesting conference or division uh, than Dallas sitting at the top at four and one with everyone else gotten one wins, two wins. So, again, interesting weekend for the NFC East. Can they can they continue to be the division of old where it's a game or two that separates all of them all year? Or is this the year that maybe Dallas takes a hold because it looks like they're the one, two that has the opportunity to take a hold of the division? get a three-game lead on, you know, two-game lead on second place, three-game lead on third and fourth, and then start rolling to the to the meat and potatoes of their schedule. So uh, as much as it's early in the season, week five for the NFC East division might be one of the most crucial games of the season. Am I wrong or what? No, it's a crucial, important week, man. It's an important week, like you said. This is the opportunity for Dallas to state their plan um, in the division and try to run away with it. But I didn't have any questions this week. Excuse me. Um, that, that's what I'm trying to do. certain game of the season and it's not too late where you're like oh man like we motherfucking lose this shit we might be out there where it's like it's the peak it's the peak of sticking your claim as um are you a playoff team <laughs> are you a uh are you um a team going for the lottery draft choices exactly yeah. yeah, it is. It is, it is. Again, this isn't every division. I'm not talking about every single division, but yeah. strictly looking at the records of the NFC East, the way they're playing each other and the way they're playing now, this is crucial for this division. Now, you could probably look over to the AFC North as well and probably put that in the same context, uh, the way that those teams have been playing, although Cleveland looks like they might be taking the step forward. But as it pertains to as close a division and, 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 like you said, implications on the rest of the year, it's it's week five. It's NFC East. It's two teams in the same division, and then other two teams playing NFC conference opponents. They're not playing no AFC guys. They're playing they're playing teams that could essentially either kick them out or put them into the playoffs, win or loss. So this is big for me. Uh, uh, for me thinking about week five and and the the the, the things that could go on in the NFC East, a division that was. Not good record-wise last year, but all teams were in it until week 17. This could be a different year. One team is in it, and the other three are just outside looking in, hoping they can win enough to get to the seventh seed. And, and again, it takes week five. Got to get through this week, see what happens, and, and see how it, it, it you know moves forward. Um, so real quick question. Uh, we'll do some – uh, uh, opinionated questions. We got about 
an hour left on the show of, of live stream. Uh, that'll kick up into about ha- uh, half an hour into the morning games. Uh, if you guys want to stick around and talk, 914-205-5796. You can click one, say your opinion, or just go ahead and keep listening to us. Shoot the shit. Okay, Shakes, I got two questions for you. Offensive leaders, most surprising quarterback in the top five for yards, Matthew Stafford at one, Derek Carr at two, Tom Brady at three, Kyler Murray at four, Patrick Mahomes at five. Most surprising as in most surprising in the top five, most surprising not in the top five. Which route are you going to take? Is there somebody in that five that surprises you is in the yards per yards total for the season? Um, maybe you didn't foresee that offense being uh, as good as it might be uh, with the offense going. Or is there an offensive quarterback in there that you thought, hey, I thought they were going to be lights out, and they're just not? Got yourself muted, chick. Uh, my bad. Yeah, I did. I did have myself muted. Um, but uh, can you repeat the question for me? Uh, pretty much. Uh, Matthew Stafford, fifteen eighty-seven. Derek Carr, thirteen ninety-nine. Tom Brady, thirteen fifty-six. Kyler Murray, twelve seventy-three. And Patrick Mahomes, twelve eighteen. Top five passing offensive leaderboards. Um, Anybody in that five surprise you? Anybody not in the five surprise you? Um, I believe Carr is definitely um, a surprise um, the season that he's having. Uh, you know, not as far as, like, did I think he was a bum because I was on a, definitely on a, the train of this is a good quarterback. It's just that he's been on a bad team. Um and, and it was great for him to get Gruden, uh, what, last year or a couple years ago. And it was great that Gruden didn't get quarterback uh, crazy as he usually is and just dump away this quarterback and, and got a new one, you know. And had this little quarterback carousal. He, he, he said, yo, this is a talented quarterback. I can work with this guy. I can make him good. and he has he's been having a great season this year. Um, he has a connection with Hunter Renfro, and what do they call it, third of Renfro. You know what I mean? Um, and then my son Henry Ruggs is a deep threat. He opens it up for everybody. So um, to me, I think that is the most surprising to see is uh, Carl up there at that, at that list. So. You know, just the season that he's having, um, and I'm, and it's good for him. It's great for him. I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he's having the success that he's having right now. Um, I was probably the only one that was high on him coming out. Um, either chosen one from the Bronx is high on him as well, but I don't think he was here with us when he came out. But um, he's definitely a fan of the cars too. So just to see him have that success, um, being top five in passion, that's that's good shit for Carl, man. Shout outs to you, and I hope you um, keep it up, uh, stay healthy, and uh, the Raiders can make some noise here, man. Uh, that that West Division, 
like I said, man, um, this is the week, man, that um, people can state their claims. Like I said, I don't even think it's just for the NFC East. Um, you got the north of AFC. You got the the west of AFC. Um, kind of bullshit. But uh, you got the NFC East uh, all up in, in that shit. Uh, you got the fucking south. Which you know, of course, Tampa Bay, but Carolina is playing good. Atlanta's um, looking like they' about to take this victory. New Orleans is, you know, we don't know yet. Doctor Jack will miss high, but they in the mix. And then, of course, which I've considered the best fucking division in football this year, in the NFC West. And um, a lot of those games are, are state claim games as well in this week. So, to me, like I said, this week is an important week for a lot of teams and a lot of divisions. It's their chance to uh, stake their claim as the top or um, or we're, we're in the mix or we just out of it and y'all can just forget about us. <laughs> this is the week that it all goes down. So, this is an important week for a lot of teams. It is most yeah. definitely. We do have a uh, caller from the West Coast, uh, Dan C. Uh, he he is on live. If he would like to talk, he can talk whenever he wants, but we already know he likes the background. Um, let's see here. Uh, as we discuss the divisions, let's run through them real quick before we get into these you know games here in a half an hour. AFC East, uh, Buffalo Bills sitting at the top three and one. Uh, the rest of the division at one and three. Uh, so... You know, this is uh, this is the AFC East that we've known and loved. One team winning it all, and the other one's just playing like crap. Um, AFC North, uh, three and one Cincinnati, three and one Baltimore, three and one Cleveland. It looks like they have Cincinnati in the top spot, being uh, two and zero oh in the conference, one and zero oh in the division, uh, and two and zero oh at home. So I believe they get the tiebreaker there. Uh, with no one else playing anyone in the division yet, except for Pittsburgh, who they beat. So, um, you know, they, they, you know, they're close. Obviously, great division there. Um, a bad division here in the AFC South with uh, four total wins throughout the entire division. Uh, two and two for Tennessee. One and three for Houston. One and three for Indianapolis. And then zero oh and four for uh, the lowly Jacksonville. And uh, you know, you said NFC West. I don't know. This might be the better division here. AFC West at three and one with Los Angeles. Three and one with Las Vegas. Three and one with Denver. And two and two with Kansas City. Um, the crazy thing is, is who's in last place? The Kansas City Chiefs at two and two. And if anyone anticipates them staying in last place, um, I would really like to enjoy some of the stuff you're smoking on because I don't think I have anything that strong. Um, the the AFC West man, it's just that could be a that could be a two eleven win team, a ten win team, and a nine win team. Yeah. Like no doubt, that could be yeah, all double digit. That would be. I thought that would have been the NFC West until now, uh, Russ going down. Exactly. Like, Damn. Exactly. But, so that's, um, that's yeah, the AFC West is definitely tough, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. To, and, it, yeah. you know, you're, uh, you're splitting hairs here. Uh, but, again, I think the one thing that does separate the two divisions is that that one has four healthy starting quarterbacks, while the NFC West only has two. Um, uh, NFC... 
uh, going into the NFC divisions, uh, like we just discussed here, NFC East three and one, Dallas Cowboys uh, two and two, Washington, uh, Philly at one and three, and New York at one and three. Again, there's a lot can happen. Um, we could we could be looking at another NFC East season with these guys fighting it out. Um, NFC North uh, not looking too good, although it's very um, what's the word synchronized here. Three wins for Green Bay, two wins for Chicago, one win for Minnesota, zero wins for Detroit. One loss for Green Bay, two losses for Chicago, three losses for Minnesota, four losses for Detroit. It is very synchronized, and I like it. Um, that is that is interesting to see that, that, that play out like that. We will see some other NFC North matchups today uh, as well. Like I said, Minnesota-Detroit got it going on, uh, and then Chicago playing there later. Uh, the NFC South, a division that nobody saw Carolina playing well in, uh, has Tampa Bay and Carolina tied the top at three and one. Um, I don't think there is a tiebreaker yet because they look like they are pretty much like dead even. Um, same record at home, same record away, same divisional, and looks like almost same conference. They just haven't played the same amount of games. So uh, that's interesting to see. New Orleans at 2-2, two and two, and then, of course, Atlanta at 1-3, and three, looking like I think that they win that game, so they should be 2-3 and three now, I believe. Um, Arizona, 4-0. Oh, uh, L.A. Rams, 4-1. and one. That would make Jacksonville 0-5. Oh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Is that Jacksonville? Oh, it would be New York. Sorry, they played the New York Jets. I'm sorry. That would make New York one and four um again going to the nfc west uh again if you told me this is the best division in football <laughs> i'm gonna shake your hand and we're gonna move on because i ain't gonna debate you four and oh for arizona la rams four and one and then the two teams that lose their starting quarterbacks in the last week one for six to eight weeks one we don't know when jimmy's coming back san francisco two and two seattle two and three again la and seattle playing on thursday night why they have five uh, and then Atlanta and New York playing this morning, why they have five. And then we'll see the rest of these teams uh, playing today. So, woo, woo, woo. Um, looking at the league standings and, and, and going down here, and there is ten teams at the bottom, one and three, eight of them, 0-1-4 for two of them. Um, the New England Patriots um, – We'll discuss a little bit of them before we, we move on here. They going to get it right? Um, are we just seeing the first year of a team just retooling, doing the things that they do, uh, and next year we'll see a revamp, you know, England with Mac Jones another year with a year under his belt, offensive coordinator working with him. Is this just something – that all teams go through and now we're actually seeing the Patriots go through it? Or do you think that the Patriots are on the downswing, downtrodden, maybe even heading to the basement of the NFL after being in the attic for a better part of two decades? No, I don't think that's for their foreseeable future, but as for their present, yeah. And that was the reason why um, I took the stance that I took in preseason, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, they do believe in this kid, Mac Jones, yeah. But the way Belichick is, he wants to win without Brady. So he's going to go with the veteran in camp. And it was a shock to see. It was like, nah, fuck that. We're going for the future now. And I'm like, well, 
damn, like, Belichick signed off on that because I don't know how much longer he got left on this team for them to be sitting there saying, okay, it's for the foreseeable future. So it, that was interesting to move to make, and I, I did not agree with it. I definitely did not agree with it. I didn't think that that was going to be the case. But it was, and um, looks like they're paying for it this year, man. They're going to have to go through the, the uh, rough patches, the bumps and the bruises, but I guess that's the plan, right, to do the bumps, the bruises of the rookie season and have them um, try to compete next year. Exactly. Hey. This, 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 is, this is the genius of Bill Belichick, and, and I just can't – I can't stand it anymore. I'm done with this. I'm sick of it. We're gonna watch this team go three and fourteen, four and thirteen, have a top ten pick, and go out and pick an offensive lineman, trade up, pick another offensive lineman, trade back down, pick another offensive lineman. Cause they know what they're fucking doing over there. We'll watch a team struggle this year, get some things right, get some things wrong, protection next year in the draft and free agency. And then we'll watch this team win 10, 11 games next year and 12 and 13 games the next year and 10 and 11. It's just the way it is, man. It's just Bill Belichick and the genius. Why do I have to win right now? I spent 20 years winning. Let me rebuild and I'll be back. It's just Bill Belichick. And there's no other team that would allow their GM slash coach to do that. And there's no other owner that would allow a GM slash coach, head coach to do that, except for one that has won six Super Bowls in your existence, is accredited and accounted for every good thing that's ever happened to your franchise in its entire existence. So, it, and, you know, Bill Belichick wants to lose 17 games this year. He could lose 17 games this year because they know that next year we're trading that number one pick for 35 picks, getting a stellar offensive line, getting some more weapons, and picking up more defense. And we're all going to do our job, and we're all going to continue to win. So do I do I sit here and go, this is an, a win-now league, and you want to win every year? Yes, for 31 teams. The New England Patriots can win whatever the fuck they want. They spent the better part of two decades dominating a league that is full of parity. There is no other team in any other sport that can say they dominated a league for 20 years and went to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls and lost Super Bowls and went to more Super Bowls and won more Super Bowls and had a drought for almost a decade and then went back and won four more Super Bowls. Like, this is the quintessential, I don't give a shit what you do because your your proof is in the pudding. Your resume speaks for itself. So Patriots fans enjoy or not enjoy, but uh, sorry, let me switch that up. Miami fans, New York Jets fans and Bills fans enjoy it while you can, because it ain't happening next year. You're going to have to deal with this team next year. Mac Jones is that motherfucking dude. He could throw the ball. They know what they're doing. They put him in the right positions. It's fucking watching Tom Brady and that shit all over again. And I'm just glad that fucking Bill Belichick's just old. And hopefully, 
not hopefully, I mean, I don't want to wish no ill will on someone, but he needs to get the fuck out of this league because I'm tired of watching him win. Um, and, and that's just the way it's going to be. So, again, the, the hyperbole um, is warranted on my part, I believe, for, for Bill Belichick and that squad. But this year is going to be a bad year for them. Um, but they fully anticipated it. They're fully prepared for it. And they're ready to take next year on full steam. And, and Josh Allen and Buffalo, be fucking ready. Because they're going to have three, four years of tape on you. And they're going to be ready. Because that's the team that do what they do. So, uh, I, again... Uh, it's just, it's just, it's it just annoying. It's just annoying. Just end, end the season, end the game, and or end, you know, just stop. Send Bill Belichick on his way, please, <laughs> into the sunset. Get a new head coach, and you got to deal with the same bullshit that thirty-one other teams got to deal with. Um, because I just don't see it happening. But hopefully it does, and they're bad next year, and they're bad the year after, and you know Belichick's got to go. Because they can't, you know, win anymore, which would be awesome to see. Yeah, he's got, um, he's got the green. He's got the green light over there for as long as he wants. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Chick. I just was going to say. No, just in other news. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is active today. Ooh. Uh, that's pretty interesting. I don't know if I'm going to change my pick because of that. I need to make a choice now. So, um, seven quarterbacks in in the NFL history have completed 5,000 passes in their career. Matt Ryan today stamps his name as the seventh quarterback to do that. Uh, That's pretty cool, man. I don't really think that uh, there's a lot of – well, there isn't. There's seven quarterbacks in all the entire existence of football that say they could do that. So, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, 28-3 is going to live in infamy with this man and his record and his resume for the rest of his life. But um, there's no doubt that man can play quarterback, and he's pretty damn good at it. So um, we'll we'll see how this goes. And Kyle Pitts getting his first touchdown. We'll see if that, you know, sparks a, a, a light under their ass and, and maybe they can get it going. Um, and some other news. Uh, just for... some, some other news. Say it again, Chicks. No, I said he killed, man. He had like nine, ten catches. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing, man. You just gotta, you gotta see it. I think you gotta see it. You gotta see the football land in your hands. You gotta see you cross the threshold over an end zone, and, and sometimes that's the, you know, the spark, the the thing that gets you going, and 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 you know, starts the Hall of Fame career that we were all expecting to see from week one. So, uh, man, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Um, how how everything plays out. Um I don't I don't uh I don't I don't see any good things happening for Atlanta this year, but man, they got a good quarterback, man, and, and it just it's just crazy what happens. You know, you, you play one game and and your defense blows a twenty eight three lead and you know, you you you're chastised for the rest of your career for it. I mean, you don't even play a single snap on defense and you know, you're chastised for it. So uh it is what it is. Uh, moving along, some other breaking news. Uh, Jair Alexander is waiting for analysis to see if he will have season-ending soldier sur- shoulder surgery. Yeah, tongue twister. Uh, we will, we will uh, all Packers fans on the edge of their seat for that one. Um, the uh, looks like the uh, Gruden writing some vulgar emails to Goodell. Um, 
Russell Wilson seems like maybe back in sooner time, four weeks instead of six to eight. But we'll see more on that. Um, oh, this is a topic I wanted to get into. Um, want to make sure I get the proper things. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. So earlier this week, uh, there was an incident at one of the football teams. Oh, actually, the Washington football team, uh, where head trainer Ryan Vermillion, he's placed on leave and federal authorities raided the team's practice facility last week. The investigation is unrelated to the team, according to the club. So the tweet reads, uh, law enforcement conducted a raid at the Washington football practice facility last week. The team has placed the head trainer, Ryan Vermillion, on administrative leave. The ongoing criminal investigation is unrelated to the team. It keeps saying unrelated to the team, and it's kind of interesting. I'll read some more tweets here. Vermillion was not at yesterday's game in Atlanta. Uh, so this was back on October 4th. Um, Many of assistants handled uh, Washington's off-field injuries. Sources say Vermillion's home was searched by DEA's agents in full gear at his property near one London late afternoon uh, just before close of business. Ron Rivera just told reporters he has nothing to add to the team's statement. Um, There's a lot to unravel here. We only got about 12 minutes before these games start kicking off. So real quick. Um, looks like a head trainer of the Washington football team was doing some extracurricular illegal activities, uh, was raided at his home, and then raided at the practice facility. The first thing that comes to my mind is Jared from Subway. Um, I, I that We all know the, the, um, the implications, the allegations, and, and, and what was said against Jared from Subway, and now he is in prison for what he has done. Um, If it's unrelated to the team, they're checking home computers, they're going to work and checking work computers. I can only assume you have some stuff you're not supposed to have on a computer, and most of it's probably some stuff like Jared from Subway have. Um, So any thoughts? Who was that? uh, Who was that? Who were you Uh, talking about? Washington trainer Ryan Vermillion uh, placed on leave. after federal raid of the team's facility, as well as raiding his home prior to that. Damn. Golly. All right. Yeah. So it, to me, again, it, it brings up those those things that, you know, we don't want to talk about and don't have any time to talk about. But it, the questions just still arise. You know, what is it? What was it about? Is it pertaining to drugs maybe? Is it pertaining being a head trainer, uh, having the ability to get – certain drugs, you know, pretty much freely. Uh, was he having a side business where maybe he was getting those things for other people not associated with the team? Um, you know, there's tons to unravel in this. Um, but Ron Rivera keeping it cool demeanor in his, in his press conference and Ron doing run. I mean, you face cancer, you smack it down and you come back. I don't think you can, you know, take, you can take on anything at that point. So he's able to, you know, you know, wade through the media and do those things. And, and my biggest issue, my biggest question is, when will they make Snyder sell this team? And why does this team get to do whatever the fuck it wants with no repercussions? Now, granted, this is a one guy, seems to be unrelated to the team, but this is a, <laughs> this is a tip of the iceberg that took out the Titanic and how many things 
that this team has been drugged through the mud in in the media over the past five years. Something uh, was it abusive relationship with assistants, uh, inappropriate touching and things of that nature with uh, cheerleaders, um, you know, being just a horrible, horrible franchise and the way you run things on a, on a, you know, employee to employer basis. Um, why does this team continue to get leeway? Why does this team continue to get a slap on the wrist when they should get, you know, handcuffed, thrown in jail, sold and made someone else? Is this truly a nepotism thing with the NFL and that we protect our own? Or is this maybe Snyder's got some, you know, pictures of some people maybe in in, in the greater D.C. area? Because I just can't I can't understand or fathom how this team has been able to, you know, go through the offseason stuff and not one single thing has happened in a reprimandion to the team, to the owner or to anyone. Uh, there may be some low-level things where people get fired and things of that nature, but no one's really had to really suffer as opposed to that team. So, Shakes, your division rival. I mean, more, more, and more bullshit on top of bullshit. I know you're happy to watch it, but as a NFL analyst, what is going on? There's corrupt uh, no. politicians in that in that city, bro. That's what it is. Corruption. Mm. Shakes same way. Corruption. You think that's all it is, man? I have no answers, boy. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now. This is this is you know. To, to take this as how you take it, but this man, Vermillion, was on the Carolina staff for 18 years and was the head trainer while Rivera was there. So this is going to be interesting to see how much Rivera knows, doesn't know, how much people do or don't know, how much, you know, of a nepotism play this was. Um, Carolina want him out. Rivera gave him another job, knowing, hey, whatever. So it's going to be interesting to see what it's about, one, who knew to and why a guy who's been in the league for almost two decades, um, whatever he was doing, has been able to get away with it for however long he's been doing it. So uh, especially in a league that uh, tries so hard to catch its players, um, seems to me that you know, coaches and, and, and trainers and other people like that seem to be exempt uh, for a long time. But, um, again, corruption is huge. Dan C makes a huge point that is a you know you know uh the district of cor- of corruption is what I call it. So um that that's to me is just it is what it is. Uh we're going to have to live with that and and and, and we'll, we'll have to see what comes out from their camps and and things of that nature as the weeks progress, but doesn't look good for them and still doesn't look good for that man and and, and Snyder. What kind of what kind of fucking show you're running? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, we won't new, run. Man. It looks like it's just us three here. We won't run into the extra time. We'll get everyone, We'll let everyone get to these games, uh, especially myself. Um, so we'll go ahead and get up into these. Um, closing statements, Dan C., anything you'd like to see today? Anything you want to uh, – you're anticipating besides a big blue win against your division foe Cowboys? Anything 
uh, football related, or you know, you could just you know, shout Big Blue and, and, and drink all the Kool Aid you want. I don't care, brother. It's your show for the next couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, um, thank you, and thanks for putting on the show this weekend. You too, man. Good job. Appreciate it. Got me through doing some morning chores, but uh, just uh, as far as the Giants go, I mean. Who knows with this team? Seems like the defense is starting to stay awake, if that's the case. Hope so. Today, I really don't anticipate a win today. Um, but hopefully they surprise me and the, the season, the schedule gets even tougher going on. So they got to give us something to root for. I'm rooting for them as well. I'll actually be at the Charger game today. Uh, but don't worry, I got the ticket. I'll be watching them in my seats. Yeah. Herbert and the Herbert, I'll be watching. Yeah, the guy that should have been our quarterback. I have some decent seats. Yeah. So I'll send some pictures into the uh, chat. But nice. uh, other than that, just uh, got some bets going on. I'm keeping low this week on the bets, taking it easy. I don't like a lot of the matchups, so I went with some underdogs yep. to win outright. And one of them is unfortunately the Bengals. Nacho, I'm sorry. And I just hey. want to touch on that question. Yo. Oh, no, I was saying, hey, you got to make your money somehow. Make the bet, brother. I ain't tricking. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like picking upsets outright and parlaying mm-hmm. them together. I get better odds. Uh, it's a loser's yes, bet, but when it hits, it hits, and I cash out, <laughs> and it's nice. But uh, what does surprise me, I, I wanted to touch on that quarterback thing, and you guys don't have to elaborate on this because I know we're pressed for time, but Carr does surprise me. I agree with Shakes in a contract year, and I'm not uh, – piling on you nacho but rogers surprises me too with how how his minimal yards he's way down in the list i would think he'd be higher but wins and losses is what matters and he's he's got one thing on his mind and that's the lombardi so uh he but his yardage does surprise me and he's my fantasy quarterback mm-hmm. in my money league so so <laughs> he's 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 got to step it up but uh you guys have a great sunday i really appreciate a full week of shows and you guys are get, coming together nicely, and it's all becoming polished and nice and uh, a blessing to listen to. And I love you guys. Have a good Sunday. Awesome. Love you, Nancy. Uh, Thank you. Uh, real quick, Shakes, before I let you go on, we do have E, the chosen one, on the line with us. Uh, we've been over a lot. I don't know how much you've heard. I don't know how much you've listened. Uh, pretty much went over your division, went over your game, went over a lot of other stuff. Uh, went over NFC South, AFC South, went over everything pretty much as best we could. Uh, a lot of the games, a lot of the teams, but we'll just start off the hard hitters. Obviously, you want your your, your Giants to beat the Cowboys. Uh, the big question was, how does your your, your secondary stack up against their uh, offensive front? Uh, and then conversely, uh, with the with the subtraction of the offensive weapons you're missing in Slayton and Shepard, obviously you do have the guys you paid money for still playing. Um, does that have anything that does that bode well or not bode well against the Giants defense or Cowboys defense that's playing well? E, if you're with us, let me know. If not, silence is golden. Just getting up from that um, Tyson Fury punch. You feel me? <laughs> Which one? Um, the one that he hit me with right behind <laughs> my ear to put me on the ground looking like a stupid ass cabbage. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yo, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm tired of this dude, man. What's wrong with his ears, Jake? Uh, 
You gonna yeah, answer be... my question? What's wrong with oh, his ear? Yeah, every right. every fight he get punched in the ear. Yeah, because he already he already thing. damaged his eardrum, so it, it's known thing. Got to hit him in the ear. My thing is yo. That's how you redeem yourself, though. Yeah, you got your wife all in the stands and shit, crying and shit. Like, you better lick him back, baby. You better lick him back. And he ain't even get it, man. He ain't even get his redemption, bro. Yo, let me, let me tell a, you something. It was something. a tough Saturday night for Alabama, I tell you that. Yeah, let me, let me tell you something, Shakes. And Nacho... First of all, peace to the gods, peace to the herbs. Happy Sunday. Y'all know what time it is. Yo, you trying to tell me you switch training. You do all of this supposed different technique training. And all of this for that? Now, don't get me wrong. The fight was a great fight. It was a great fight. If you look at it, they were going at each other, knocking each other down. You know what I mean? When you thought one person had control. Yeah, but when it's all said and done, it's the same Deontay Wilder when it comes to his non-technique, when it comes to his non-foot movement, and when it comes to the same technical boxing skills, which he has none of. They show up in the late rounds, and Tyson Fury is the technical boxer that gets him out of his game plan, whatever that might have been, and he broke him down. That one jab, overhand right. One jab, overhand right. He threw that for the last two and a half rounds, and Fury adapted to it, and his ears obviously didn't. Rang his bell one more time while the wife out there yelling, come on, baby, please. Don't die tonight. If he dies, he dies. Sucker. He's a sucker. Look, again, we, 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 we discussed it earlier in the show, and, and, and uh, we all say it. I mean, it's the quintessential verbiage for all combat sports and even for all regular sports. Everybody's got a plan until they get socked in the mouth. In this case, it was the ear. But it it... it, it it is what it is. You saw what happened. We saw the first two rounds. That was not the same Wilder. Facing to the side. All you saw was the side of his body. Throwing jabs. Going to the body. Going to the head. Jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Then loading up the right. Then jabbing some more. Then going to the body. Then he gets socked in the ear. And then he's standing straight again. He's facing. Uh-huh. He's boxed up in front of him. And then his, <laughs> his arms aren't know. flying. There's no more jabs. He's got the right cocked here. And he's got the left slowly going out. Slowly going out, trying to load up for that right, like we saw the first two fights, like we saw every other fight before when he fought some bums and he knocked them out. It is what it is, man. Wilder ain't that dude. You got one punch and you don't know how to train for shit. And that's yo, it. that's crazy to me. That that's is so yo, crazy. Listen to me, bro. That is so crazy to me that these fights have taken place in a compilation of almost. Four years, if you really compile it and put it yep. together due to COVID and everything like that. We're talking four years, three fights, the same guys over four years, and you're the same man. You're the same guy. It is so frustrating to watch this dude fight. Why did you even wear that cool little uniform? So you could beat the fuck up and be known for beating the fuck up at the end of wearing a cool little uniform? Just come out in the towel. Because you're going to get your ass whooped. I don't get it. 
But anyway, man, moving on to football and your question about the secondary of the Cowboys and our wide receivers, um, me and Shakes was talking about this during the week. We think, because I can say that because it was only us that talked about it, we think that these wide receivers actually match up better than the ones that we would normally start. Not taken away from the ones that we would normally start. But the game film is out on them. We all know Shep going to get his. If, if Slayton slips behind a guy or whatever, you know he's going to get his couple of catches and possibly hit the end zone, if possible. But the fact that Galladay is fully healthy, playing real serious football, he's a nightmare matchup for whoever's on him, which is going to be Trevon Diggs, who's playing at a Pro Bowl level at this point. So they're going to battle. Mm-hmm. But this game, to me, is a Kadarius Tony game because they have film from where school and from last week. But when he gets to the middle of the field where the Cowboys is most weak, and we even had a Cowboy fan on, although I know my analytics, he let it be known. Yes, that part of the field is very, very weak for them. So Kadarius Tony being able to be as evasive as he is and as elusive as he is, this game really, really bodes well for him. And also the other guys on the receiving court, you know, they're not really, they're not really a lot of, there's not really a lot of film on them either. So if we come out and execute a game plan the way Daniel Jones can execute a game plan and put these guys in position beyond the sticks, I think that we're actually better matched up with these guys for this time of year in this game against their secondary. Mm, okay. Uh, like I said, we got 15 minutes of live content. Let's get out of here and get to these morning games. have already kicked off. Uh, Packers marching down the field already up to the 40. Um, the, here you go. He wants to throw that in there. Uh, the... The end-all, be-all is it's week five, gentlemen and ladies that are listening. If you're still listening, uh, we are here. Uh, we got some more weeks. Thank God it's not 11. We got 12 more games for all these teams to go. Uh, so let's see it. Uh, e, just getting up in here. Uh, give us your full thoughts on the game. Give us everything you want to say about the game because we missed a lot of it. I know you gave us a good amount right there, but get it all out. Get everything out. Let me get a victor for you. Uh, closing statement. Uh, let's get this this thing rolling so we can catch these week five games. All right. Well, for me, man, this game right here, we all know it's Cowboys, this division. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you've lived as long as I live on this planet, and, and that's a blessing to see football for over 30 years of your life, that means that you've seen these teams meet 60 times in your lifespan. So going into like 60 times of seeing them meeting and seeing the championships, seeing the – dynasties, seeing the errors, seeing the Super Bowls between both franchises, and the blood that is always the blood, the blood rivalry, because it's just not a regular rivalry. This is a blood rivalry. The Cowboys hate the Giants. The Giants hate the Cowboys. I have that feeling about the Eagles. But, you know, Cowboys division rival, as I was getting into, and this game is going to be one that is going to be a lot different. Now, last year at this time, if you put this Cowboys team against a Giants team, Giants fans will pick against the Giants. They will be like, look, regardless of how the defense is playing, though, Daniel Jones is not the guy. Can he win the game like this? He has to show me. He has to prove it. Fast forward a year later, 364 days, 
to the day of when we played them last season, and everybody has a different conversation. The prognosticators and analysts are like, you know what? The Giants might pull this game out. If Danny Dimes does this, this he might win this game. There's a chance. And that right there lets you know when the entire aura and atmosphere about a guy going on the road with a one-and-three team facing a three-and-one team has a chance to pull it out, that lets you know exactly how we, as Giant fans on this phone and this show, actually feel. We actually feel that we have a chance to win this game, and he gives us a chance to win this game. Barring all the injuries and all that, we still feel confident. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave that as my closing statement. I'm going to let you guys close out. Thanks for giving me my little 10 minutes of fame. Fuck you, Deontay Wilder, you son of a bitch, for losing me $50. And um, y'all know what time it is, man. Go Big Blue. The Kool-Aid is on the table. Shakes and I have had a glass. You can join us and have a sip. But watch your mouth and wear your mask. Did you do the jet set? Huh? Did you do that jet set? Yeah, they covered it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, if you would have took Jets in the points, they covered. So I mean, hey, it's a, I think they covered, right? It was only like what? Yeah, like I game. broke, I, I, I broke, I broke even because I also had them for the win. I had them for the uh, points, and I had them for the win. Okay, so yeah. I broke even. And you know, uh, uh, Dan, oh. he's mentioned it earlier. You know, hey, straight up, straight up uh, underdogs. You just make a bunch of parlays, and you know. Wait till a couple of them hit cash out. Ain't nothing wrong. With make a couple hundred. It's nice and easy. Yeah, we gonna talk because I know you got a nice little betting um, situation too. Remember, we gonna get on that. Dan C, holla at your boy. It's time to get this money. Shake. I need to put you on, bro. To what we got going on in New York. Matter of fact, all you guys. I said your name because I'm talking to you. It's time to put you guys on. It's like a little small mm-hmm. situation. Start with five dollars. It could end you up with sixteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Again, this is a great, this is an amazing time, time to be alive in America. Uh, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, all 50 states, it don't matter where you at, you can just lay down a bet, and I can't wait for those times to come. Um, no, I say continental, you're the 48, you know, nobody cares about Alaska or Hawaii, uh, unless you vacation into Hawaii. Um, so as, as we, you know, get wrapping up here, um, man, great show. Uh, I love everybody. Uh, Shakes, let us know how you feel. Let us know everything. Like you said, you drinking that Kool-Aid, sipping on it, what's going on. Give us that score predict, closing statement, everything you want to do. Uh, let's get off out of here get these morning games under rate. Um, of course, man. Like I said last week, I'm not sitting. I'm pulling it on strippers. I'm slurping it off. I'm saying. I'm all the way in this shit, and we're not out of it. We're not out of it just yet. So here we go. Let's take down these cowboys. Let's bring them back down to earth, and let's have Skip and all of them talking about how bad the cowboys actually really are and how these first few weeks was just a mystique. It changed the whole narrative on the Giants. Oh, they suck. They they horrible. We don't. We don't suck. We're not horrible. Okay? We're not horrible. Let me finish, B. We're not horrible, B. We're not a bad team. 
We just don't know how to find ways to win. Thoughts now. It started last week, and let's let's have it continue. I want to have a three-game winning streak like he always predicts. Let's have that. But it's going to be hard because we got the Rams next. So this ain't no easy task, but this shows us and tells us what team we are actually rooting for. So I'm anticipating and ready to watch. Daniel Jones, please, keep doing what you're doing. Saquon Barkley, keep doing what you're doing, getting healthy, fresh leg. Looking like a beast out there right now. You ain't fully healthy yet. You ain't fully there. You're not full Barkley. But you're there. You're getting it. Tony, Galladay, these receivers, I need y'all to step up. Do what y'all did last week. Shit, I have no problems. Offensive line. Keep my boy up tight. Don't get him hurt out there. Open some holes for the run game. And most important, most important, defense. Please, if it's any time that you're supposed to show up, they say you get one game to show up, well, make this the goddamn game. Because I do not want to see them dominate in this possession of the ball and dominate in this game where this offense cannot get on the field. That's a no-no. Stop the run. Be physical. Be as physical as they is. To do that, we're going to come out with the victory. 27-17 is my prediction. Let's go Big Blue. Hopefully we can have a great Montana Monday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, she Steelers up 7-0. Jaguars just tied the game. It looks like they're going for the extra point, 7-7. Panthers up 3-0, uh, no score in Texas, uh, Houston and Patriots. Uh, Washington football team up 3-0, Lions up 3-0, Dolphins up 3-0. Uh, please explain to me why uh, Jamar Chase was lined up in the backfield on 3-1 and one and the QB sneaked it, uh, didn't get it. You have fucking Joe Mixon. Anyways, Zach Taylor, uh, nine career wins his uh, as a head coach in Cincinnati. Uh, Matt LaFleur, nine career losses. So this could be a good game. Everyone, I love y'all. Good day, good night, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, whenever you hear this. I took Cowboys. I'll still take the Cowboys. I think it's a close game. Um, But like both these gentlemen just said, are we who we thought you are? In the great words of the late, great Denny Green. Let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. Can the Giants pull this out? Um, are the Cowboys really that guy in the NFC East or not? So we'll see. Um, with some other great games, and then, my goodness, we didn't get to talk about it one lick. East Sun going up against Black Sunday night on Sunday night football. Man, it's going to be great to see. I can't wait to watch that. Y'all have a great evening. Y'all have a great night. Y'all have a great day. NFL Week 5. Can't wait for Shakes Montana Mondays. Followed by Not Your Average Tuesdays. Hopefully it's a victory week for both of us. Y'all have a great day. I love y'all. Shake down y'all the best. Y'all know how to do this. Yep. Like we always say around this time. You know, respect y'all agree with us, but we damn sure respect y'all understand.
Understand? Don't get shook up because we keep shit live. Just to shake down with the New York Giants on that drive for five. And we out of there. Takes away Nacho in the box. Yeah, you just got shook by the shakedown. We out. Come on.